0: This is The Maker's Garage, presented by Carbide 3D. All right, welcome to The Maker's Garage, Kim Barnett, Winston Moy. Uh, episode 5, we We've are we something yet? Uh,
1: you know what? I think we are. Okay,
0: <laughs> episode 5. Uh, remember to rate us on iTunes, get in there and give us a rating. It helps people find us, it helps us be a part of it. Uh, feedback on Instagram, if you want to reach out to us on there, do that. And what do you want to hear, talk about, what have you made Tell us about yourself. Give us any clue as to what you want us to do on this podcast. Winston's yeah. out of ideas.
1: I am out of ideas.
0: <laughs> uh, new videos out this week of Brandon Lavin, carbide 3D people, guy out in Hawaii who uses one of our machines. Kind of a profile of him. Don't think of it as a sales pitch, just one guy doing what he does. MC Etcher is out. Winston did that one.
1: Yep, that is our diamond drag engraving bit. Uh, really useful for a lot of cosmetic applications. Uh, let's put some really cool designs on all sorts of materials uh, metals, plastics, even glass. It's off to a
0: great start. And Pro Shape Oko 4 just came out today. That's a Maker's Garage video.
1: Yep. Uh, if you don't know which machine to buy, that's a good one to check out. Um, but the too-long-didn't-watch version of it is one is linear rails, one is V-wheels. Um, both are great, fantastic machines. One is a little more rigid, so if you need something a little more heavy-duty, the Pro is the one to get.
0: And you should buy the bit-setter.
1: Um, well, setter is standard on the Pro um, and optional on the Oko 04, but huge time saver, highly recommend. It's not optional in my mind. <laughs> you ha- once you work with a setter,
0: you're never going back. That's true. Uh, one day Bill, I'm going to try and do that tomorrow, hopefully when it's done, when the start a project from full design to finished in one day.
1: Yeah. Uh, which project is that?
0: It's going to be a light. And I think I'm going desk lamp, not hanging, but I'm going to go desk lamp, standard um, socket inside. An Edison bulb, but inside of a box with some cutouts. Okay. Half-inch plywood.
1: Okay. Are you just going to do cutouts to let light through? Or are you going to um, coat the inside in paper, just kind of diffuse it like one of the Jap- like one of those Japanese curtains?
0: Oh, lanterns, like a Japanese yeah. lantern? Yeah. Uh, that's cool, but no. Okay. Yeah, my plan was just so you could see the bulb and see through, and I don't know how it's going to turn out. Okay. Nor do I care. I just think it'll be an interesting experiment, and, and I'll let people follow along. Maybe I'll do some Instagram stuff during the day, some stories, but then I'll cut the video together and I'll keep the time on there. So you have an idea of how long did this take from idea. Okay. You kind of had the idea percolating in your mind when you sit down to the computer to where you put the thing on the desk and it lights up. How long is that really?
1: That'd be fun. Yeah.
0: So maybe a little uh, inspiration for your Saturday, hopefully coming out tomorrow. Uh, New this week, what I learned, I learned that live versus aluminum is fun. We were just talking about that.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, chemistry is, is powerful stuff.
0: All right. I, I wanted to get in today to the design process, how I work. That's another video I'm going to do shortly, uh, probably early next week, is how I work from a standpoint of figuring out an idea, or once I have a notion of an idea, where do I put it? What do I put around it? How do I change it? How do I draw? What do I use? Where do I go? And how does that eventually turn itself into a file that could enter a machine?
1: Uh, you're you're picking really broad topics, man. But we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna drive through
0: it. Uh, for me, I go with a vision board first, and, and I'm not talking about like filling the wall with a criminal syndicate and <laughs> you know some red string or yarn or something. I'm talking about grabbing five or six photos of kind of what I think and dropping them into Illustrator, but not on the artboard.
1: That's That's fair. I personally, depends on the project, depends on if I have a vision for it. Some of the more abstract open-ended projects that I've done that are a little more artistic, I will like go through Pinterest or just a Google search of um, like art plus keywords for the theme that I'm trying to hit. And I'll pull from elements of that. So like different designs, um, different shapes, uh, the color palettes. I'll, I'll pull that off the internet. Um, if it's a more technical project, I'll usually sketch it out in a little notebook or something. Um, and just that's just help me figure out dimensions and shapes. Um, but different kinds of projects, I will sort of start visualizing in different ways.
0: Agreed. I, I will go in and take whatever I'm using. if like, I've been doing a lot of 2d stuff lately. So just black, white, mm-hmm. been doing a lot of cups on a laser, not a CNC, but same idea. I've been doing cups on a laser. And so you, you take a, an image in, I'll search whatever it is I'm looking for and sketch. And inevitably I'll find some good black and white imagery of whatever it is I'm looking for. And I bring that in for either a trace or if you're going to use a photograph, lots of times I don't like the trace feature very much. I don't find it, not ours, but the one in Illustrator, I don't find it to be very productive. I find it to be more artistic.
1: Yeah, and there's also just a lot of little things about taking a raw picture, right? Depending on the shading, if someone has a shadow on their face, that trace algorithm might just carve up their face into a silhouette. Um, I wanted to try and uh, do some art um, around a uh, one of my girlfriend's dogs. Uh, well, both of them, actually, but... One of them has a very defined mask. Uh, she's a Husky. And so that pattern um, I thought would be cool as an inlay. Um, but like, it's really hard to just take a photo, um, convert to black and white. You've got to fiddle with the contrast a little. Like, Same with if you ever do rastering on a laser. Mm-hmm. You've got to play with the image contrast, the settings, right. to get just the right shading and the right uh, shape of whatever it is that... Uh, however you vectorize that image.
0: Right, the amount of white and black is yeah. usually what you play with with a couple different factors.
1: And that's if you want to do something uh, that's grounded in reality, right? You take a real photo and you you convert it to a vector. Um, but a lot of times it's easier to sort of stylize it, do like a cartoon version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's much harder to find like source um, art for that, right? Because unless you f- find clip art of something that matches or you sketch it out yourself and you turn it into a vector, um, you're very rarely going to find the perfect image to start with.
0: Yeah, There are some apps I've used when you just want to stylize a photo, which is pretty cool. And I've hung onto them over the years because I don't even think some of them exist anymore.
1: Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't work well. It really depends on the filter that gets thrown on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just you make it black and white. Sometimes it throws like random cross-hatching or it, right. just it makes it look like it was like sketched with pencil and paper. Those are all right. But for spe- like CNC-specific stuff, I, I don't know how applicable it is.
0: The thing I'll do for CNC-specific
1: is I will go in with a pen
0: tool mm-hmm. and I'll actually trace the thing. I've traced helicopters. I've traced, I don't know, buildings. Because if you're looking for the the feel of something, not an exact replica, but the feel of something, you can pretty well do it with a pen tool. You can get pretty accurate if you put enough dots and spend enough time just going around something.
1: And something like that, like you're not trying to make a a photorealistic recreation of it. Right. And people who are looking at the finished product don't know how much you actually deviated from the original art. Mm -hmm. so like you might take like a i don't know trying to think of an iconic aircraft or an iconic helicopter um let's say the uh f-18 just because i'm a navy guy um if you take a pen tool and you start drawing around it like some of the points may line up they might not perfectly but the overall appearance is is there that's good enough Uh, this goes back to one of our i think older discussions on like what's good enough right mm-hmm. like internally i might take issue with certain things but to the outside observer they think it's great um so don't overthink it it doesn't need to be pixel perfect um just just start tracing start making things people don't notice things you can get away with a lot yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah they really don't but i i found that trace feature to be good the pen tool's been really good and then i'll take and i'll i'll lay out the elements or the concept with its dimensional views top side, a little bit of 3d in sketch form, but I don't do it with overlaps or joints generally. I'm just trying to get the idea down. Then I start worrying about, Oh wait, that is not going to work at all. Or there's no support structure underneath that. And I've, and I've run into that in in projects. I made a a coffee table that incorporated the old NFL vibrating football players Mm -hmm. and the field. And I wanted the whole field to slide off and slide back on. I also wanted the the top of the stadium, the glass that's over the field full time. I wanted that to open and close or slide on and slide off. But you come to realize, well, you have to have support for each level and that becomes an issue.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's also the kinds of projects we were working on. Um, very often I've got like multi-part assemblies that I'm trying to design. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to... Um, start with an understanding of how these pieces will fit together. Um, The overall shape, overall form, I will, back of the envelope, sketch it. Um, But very quickly, I'm moving to define dimensions, to figure out proportions, Mm -hmm. uh, to find clearances for interlocking pieces, things like that.
0: And then I take it to kind of what program to use. Are you going to stay Illustrator native and output that in PNG form or JPEG or something into Carbide Create or maybe your laser software? Are you going to do Carbide Create native? If you're going to do Fusion 360 native without importing any sort of vector art at all, are you going to go at Libre? Where are you going to go?
1: I mean, so I am just straight Fusion 99.5% yeah. of the time. Um, again, because I'm designing things, I want them to be parametric. If I need to alter a dimension, the whole I need to be able to change the whole shape of something, the size, um, the, the proportions. And so sketching in a parametric CAD environment gives me that freedom. Um, but again, this is with things that are more complex, things that need to work with other things. So they have to be designed to, to interface correctly, to fit. Um, whereas if I'm doing an artistic piece, the dimensions don't matter. It just needs to look right to my eye. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, there's a lot more freedom. Um, one of my recent projects... I started in Affinity Designer on my iPad and I sketched it out. So, you did um, use it? You I said I did. you didn't use it yet. All right. um, it was like the first time I tried to make something good on it. Um, came out not bad. Um, and then I, um, I, I sketched it out so the lines were really rough. Then I started painting in um, swatches of color. I used the eraser tool to sort of just trim up the edges. And then, like, there's probably a way for me to vectorize it on the iPad. But I just took a screenshot of it, sent it to Carbide Create and used that, the bitmap to vector tool.
0: Worked great. For organic things also, I've used Adobe Sketch. Going back for a moment, I thought of it. On my iPad, I've sketched in with the pencil. And then if you show somebody the the sketch, if Mm -hmm. you do it in pencil, like, whoa, did you draw that? No, I just literally like shaded over an entire photo and little extra parts, I thought, you can kind of. Turn it on, turn it off the layer, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a neat way to create that. And you could in something like uh, a vector program, you could then Infinity Designer, you could put it in there.
1: I also learned that um, fewer points is better if you're doing like yeah. things with splines, because you can you can go crazy with a spline trying to make it fit perfectly, but often like the the organic curves and sweeps that you think of are actually grounded in just the, the bare minimum uh, like control points. So that curve propagates naturally through two or three constraints. And yeah. it just, it fits smoothly between those points. And the, the more you try and fight that natural geometric curvature, the the uglier it's going to be. So
0: I was fighting a little bit with carbide trace today mm-hmm. with that exact thing. I'm like, it's a circle, just make it a
1: circle. Yeah, it's overcomplicating it. Yeah, don't put five points on it and and give
0: it just enough that it doesn't look like a circle. Just draw a circle.
1: Yeah. It'd be okay.
0: Uh, In terms of making lately, I thought I might kind of go through, I don't know if there's a lot of value, but you folks will have to tell me, the custom cups I made. Uh, So I did, the way I thought of it was, okay, you have camp. They used to go to this camp together in the summer and they have an anniversary, like a wedding anniversary. So what do you think of if you think of a camp and an anniversary? What images come to mind in any
1: Um, I mean, so for camp, like, I don't know if it's like a summer camp or like a, a camping type of camp, but I think a campfire, mm-hmm. I think something rustic, maybe some trees. Um, there's there's wood, there's I don't know, pine needles or something. I don't know. I okay. don't know what, uh, what camps are like out here. Um, but yeah, just like kind of semi-rustic imagery.
0: Yep. Yep, you're dead on. So I had mountains and trees, my first image. Mm-hmm. I had a tent, kind of a bigger, like you'd have six people in with a little more structure to it, tent, and then a campfire drawing. Okay. Brought those three in to Illustrator and I was gonna work in a a PNG format, so I got them all kind of proportioned and where I thought and so I output a PNG because you can raster it in the laser software and that's what you wanna do for doing a cup. So I I took it into RE3 and then I did a test. Then I went and refined the campfire because the campfire had so much detail in it Mm -hmm that it just burned all the powder coat off and you just got a blob. I had to make it both bigger and then take out a bunch of black and do that a couple times and then move around the placement of that, test again. Then I added a baseline underneath it and went ahead and made a cup. Okay. And then I made a second cup before realizing that that baseline I had added for some reason the stupid software because I added the baseline inside the laser software. Mm -hmm. I drew a curved baseline and it drew a straight line through it as well. (laughs) It's not even on the screen. Why is it on my cup? So I went and added that baseline back in Illustrator and then brought the image back again and finished off the other four cups. Hmm. That's kind of my my work process on that particular
1: item. Yeah. I think um, you touch on like a complication, which is that uh, you design one software, you bring it into a different software, and sometimes the result, I mean, it rarely happens, but... What you see is not what you got. Um,
0: With certain software, it happens more often. This software proves to be very frustrating. Yeah. There's the actual, I know people can't see it, but there's the actual. That's a far
1: more complex scene than I expected. I thought this would just be like a little, like a, almost a thumbnail sized thing. But no, it's a a full little scene of a little camp. That's cool.
0: It's not quite, if I had to do again, I would make it a little taller the whole thing i'll get stretch the trees Mm -hmm. and then make the tent a little bit bigger make the campfire bigger because i think i have more vertical space i'm out of horizontal space but i didn't (laughs) think to have more vertical space
1: yeah looks good though
0: this is why you run tests test 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 yeah our machines do not run your walnut the first time
1: (laughs) (laughs) you always keep a scrap of plywood laying around for that
0: Yeah, or pine. I used to say pine, but now pine is like 4,000 times more
1: expensive. (laughs) Maybe MDF.
0: Right. And how could that possibly get more expensive? There's no way. There's no way. And I encourage you, something I said a couple weeks ago, remember you're the master of that object. You are the artiste.
1: Yeah, no one can tell you that you're wrong, this is something that you created and you created what you wanted, in theory, unless this is the first time you're making it or the second time you're making it, in which case you're probably gonna end up making it a third time, because that's when you'll finally get it just where you want it to be.
0: Yeah, if you wanna give somebody something you think is perfect, make two, give those away, have the third
1: one be the one that you're really proud of. I've done that several times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: For whatever reason, three is the magic number pretty much.
1: Yeah, three is also the the safety factor um, that I like to have for how long I think a project will take. So mm-hmm. if I say, "Oh, this project's only going to take two hours," you should probably budget six.
0: It's a good plan. I hadn't thought of that. I'm constantly killing myself on that and getting made fun of in my own house because <laughs> I'm like, "I could do that in an hour." Like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Three hours later. Yep. Hey, look. <laughs> good hour. All right. Anything else we should cover this week, Winston? Uh, I mean, I know you do all these other podcasts, so you are burned.
1: <laughs> no, I think we're we're good for this episode. Uh, let's let's think of new ways to inspire next episode.
0: Yeah, and, and reach out to us. We'll get the we have the makers garage on Instagram. I'll get some more images going on there. That's up to me. and And reach out, send us some messages, follow that the makers garage podcast on Instagram, and make sure you interact with us and let us know what you want to hear about. We're happy to riff on whatever.
1: Yeah, give us feedback, but also give us um, creative questions.
0: From the crow's nest above Carbide3DHQ,
1: Kevin and Winston, signing out.